closeness. You know, either for the wife or for the husband. We'll get to that. Number five, God is not embarrassed by sex. God specifically added it to the manual he gave for a healthy marriage. And he supervises sex by himself. Genesis chapter 38 verse 9 to 10. The Bible says, And earth, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord slew him. And Judah said to Onan, Go into thy brother's wife and marry her. And raise unto your brother's, you know, unto your brother. Raise up seed for your brother. And Onan knew that the seed will not be his. It came to pass. When he went into his brother's wife, he thoroughly enjoyed himself with his brother's wife. But when it was time for him to ejaculate and release seed so that a baby can be born for his brother, the Bible says he came out and spilled it on the ground lest he should give seed to his brother. And this thing which he did displeased the Lord. Therefore the Lord killed him on the spot. So if God was not interested in sexual relationship between husband and wife, there is no way he would have taken note of this incident. And there is no way it could have been written in the Bible for us to read. So some of you husband and wife who think that sex is something you do, when God is not watching, it's like, let us do it quickly, quickly, before God sees us, we have finished. Relax, God is seeing what is happening. He is the, un the unseen guest in every sexual uh, uh, escapade or enterprise. God is there. <laughs> Don't be afraid. He's there. He's supervising everything that is happening. So those of you wives that every time your husband touches you, you have to sing him a song. My head, my shoulder, my knee, my toe. Everywhere is paining me. Leave me alone. I'm not in the mood. I want to inform you that it is entering your report card. God is taking notes. How many times you are defrauding your husband? God is taking notes. You know? And those of you husbands that you don't even know how to ask for it. When you want to, you abuse your wife from morning to night. You tell all kinds of dirty words. And then when power holding, take their lights. When there is darkness everywhere, you start stretching out your hand. You know, and you think that the, a woman can just, you know, be feeling so wounded in her heart. And then you just touch her and then she's available to you. It doesn't work like that. A woman is not like an electric bulb. You can just switch on and switch off when you want. You know, some of you men, you are so crude in the way you request for sex. You want to sleep with your wife, a woman you've been abusing for money. You didn't even care to apologize. You know, her heart is still wounded. And then you touch her and say, oh girl, lie where? Madam, don't. And then you expect her to just respond to you like that. No wonder such women will just, if they ever want to respond, they will just tell you, I beg, do, do, do this thing, come out, bro. And then they'll lie like a log of wood. And you can tell that she's not with you. She's just there. And it's like, please, just do. Do and give me a break. You know? So we need to work on the way we handle it. Even though it's something that is done behind closed doors. But I tell you, God is interested. And he's watching what you do with it. And he wants to be sure you do it well. And that you enjoy yourself. Number six. Sex can be exciting, loving, fulfilling, and enjoyable. So put life into it. It can be very exciting. It can be very enjoyable. Put life into it. It's a possibility. And it's a must for every couple to have sexual harmony in the home. 
Don't settle for mediocrity. Don't tell yourself there's nothing I can do about it. You know, we, we, just, we just only sleep together when we want to have children. No, it's beyond just wanting to have children. Spend time and effort. Learn how to get the best from it. It's a very exciting experience in life. It's the highest level of intimacy and excitement that our bodies are wired for. And it's so important that you get the best out of it. A man and a woman, they need a place where they can just be alone and relax and enjoy each other. You know, sex has a way of relaxing our nervous systems. You know, it has a way of relaxing our nervous system. After a hectic day, you know, by the time you just sleep together and you have sex, your whole body just relaxes. Your nerves relax. You know, your, your body will just, will just be cooler. God is a good God. He knows why he put it there. You know, it will help you to sleep well. It will help you to sleep well. And it will give you an opportunity to reassure each other of your love and it will increase your friendship and your companionship you know so nobody no woman no man is fulfilled in their marriage if there are rocks in their mattress but when your sex life is healthy every other aspect of your marriage will fall in place number seven god is the one who created sex and he created it to help us to understand how intimate he wants to relate with us how deeply he wants to know us. So, sex teaches us how close God wants to relate with us. It explains the mystery of holy romance and intercourse that we need to have with the Holy Spirit. You know, so don't just look at it as, you know, something there, you know. You know, no, no, no. See it. Because that is the reason. That's one of the reasons why God compared our relationship. You know, as husband and wife with the relationship between Jesus and the church. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25, it says husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That he may sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife, loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the law of the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and let the wife see that she reverences her husband. This is powerful. This is awesome. Sometimes you hear the husband and wife fight. And I used to wonder, what is in the head of a man beating his wife? If a man wants to try his muscles, you can go out to the, to the boxing ring and, you know, check it out with a fellow man. You don't check out muscle fighting with a woman. That is an anomaly. 
When God looks from heaven and sees a man beating his wife, he, he looks at that man as mad. Because yeah, you're watching me right now. And you see me beating myself. Everybody wonder what's going on. What's happening there? So God expects you to treat your wife like you would treat yourself. Nourish her. Take care of her like you would take care of yourself. So you cannot afford to start beating your wife. No. Number nine. Sex is spiritual. Sex is spiritual. So having a correct mindset about sex affects even your relationship with God. For you to enjoy sex, there must be a spiritual connection with your partner. Learn to study God's word together. Learn to pray together. Because when you pray together, it reduces stress and it increases sexual intimacy. So build each other up spiritually. If there is spiritual connection between you and your husband, it's easier for you to connect sexually. Sex joins people together spiritually and spirits are also transferred through sex. That is why you must not sleep with any other woman outside your wife. Because sex is beyond just enjoying yourself and letting your emotions lose. No. Sex connects you to the spirit. To the spirit of whoever is having the affair with you. You know? It binds you together with whoever you practice it with. So it shouldn't be indulged in carelessly. Demonic spirits are transferred even through sex. That's why when you sleep with a prostitute, you become one with that prostitute spiritually. And all the demons she's housing will be transferred into your life. So you have no business playing around with prostitutes. Mind not the fact that sexually, uh, uh, you know, uh, transferred diseases, sexually acquired diseases or whatever they call it. You know, it's out there. Mind not that. Even demons can be transferred by sleeping with strangers. So I want to advise you out yes, there. If you have been sleeping around, may the Lord in his mercy give you the power and the strength to break that addiction in the name of Jesus. And after this message, you will be free. Because when you sleep with a stranger, even the spell they cast on you holds you in bondage. Anyone listening to me out there? That is under such bondage because you have slept with prostitutes here and there. I release deliverance, 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 deliverance unto you right now in the name of Jesus. I set you free. I set you free. I set you free in the mighty name of Jesus. Number 10 thing, number nine uh, uh, thing I want to say about sex. Is it number nine or number 10? Alright, sexual pleasure is deep and powerful. It doesn't easily leave your brain after you indulge in it. That's why you must not attempt it with a stranger. Ensure that it is done in love with your partner. Actually, it is called love making. So it shouldn't be forced on anyone like a rape. You know, God ordained that it should be enjoyed maximally by the husband and the wife. Not only the husband. For some men who think that only men have a right to enjoy sex. You're missing it. It's not correct. God said your body is not your own. Your wife's body is also not her own. And none has a right to you know, withhold sex from the other. So your wife has a right to ask for it. You too, you have a right to ask for it. Whenever you need it. 
So let it not be used as a weapon of revenge. The woman that thinks every time her husband hurts her, the best way to revenge is to close up. Whenever he comes close, he says, no, 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 ah, no, 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 I'm not interested. No. It cannot be a weapon of revenge. That's not why God made sex. So you're using it for the wrong purpose. You're using it for the wrong purpose. The Bible says, you do not have your body. Your husband does not have his body. Both of you are free to request it whenever you need it. Number 11, sex is also emotional, but should not be allowed to control you in a way that you are helpless before it. It is emotional, yes, but you are not helpless before it. It's not something that takes away your brain. Some people used to say love is blind in one eye and does not see well through the other eye. It's not true. It doesn't have to do with true love. Agape love is not blind. It's just that the Bible says love covers a multitude of faults. Yes, but it does not mean that it doesn't see. It just chooses to cover the faults. It doesn't have to pick on everything that is seen. You know? So, it's so important that we should be concerned about whatever pains and hurts and concerns and struggles and worries that our partners are going through. Don't just ask for sex. You know, I just want to sleep with you. You'll see that your, your, your wife has not been feeling fine. From morning, her mood has been down. You know, you don't even care to say, honey, what's going on? What's happening? How are you feeling? What's going on inside of you? How are you feeling at work? What's going on? Why are you not looking happy? You're not interested. In why she's hurting. You just want her to sleep with you. No. It goes with emotions. If a woman's mind does not say yes, her waist will not say yes to you. Did you hear me well, man? If a woman's mind does not say yes to sex, her waist will not say yes. So you need to be sure that her heart is at peace. Look beyond what you want. Your own satisfaction. If your wife is not feeling okay emotionally, find out, darling, what is the matter. We can talk about it. And make sure that all of that is sorted out. Alright, how can we make our sex life exciting? That is another part. Before I go to the concluding part. How can we make our sex life exciting? Well, just like I said before, sexual harmony is a possibility. And is a must for every couple. So don't settle down. For mediocrity, when God has made available something better for you. All that it takes is for you to spend time and effort in learning how to get the best from this all-important, most exciting experience in life. So, the fellowship of lovemaking, lovemaking, is an art that the two lovers need to learn. You need to learn it gradually. Until you find out what you can really do to make it more exciting. It's learned by practice. There's nobody who came into the world and you have known everything about sex. No, you learn it as you practice. So number one, how to make your sex life exciting. Make your marriage as romantic as possible. Because it starts with the way your marriage is. If your marriage is romantic, if your marriage is the way it ought to be, then certainly... Is going to affect whatever happens in the bedroom. And we have talked about romance before. I said it's an atmosphere that operates in your home. We have personal attention, compliments, gifts, hugs, kisses are lavished by the spouses on each other. You know, an atmosphere 
that is filled with tenderness, intimacy, love, and affection, peace, and joy in the hope. That kind of atmosphere makes lovemaking spontaneous and exciting. In fact, if you are living alone, lovemaking can take place in the parlor. Lovemaking can take place in the kitchen. It can take place anywhere. Anywhere. If there is romance in the home. If the home is healthy, lovemaking can take place anywhere. You know? So keep your marriage aflame and alive. Keep your marriage aflame and alive. You know? The romantic level of your home will determine the climate of love that operates in your home. You know? And um, having a healthy marriage is so useful. It's so useful that your marriage is healthy. You know, romance is not the same as sex. But a healthy romance to a great extent determines a healthy sexual life in the home. So some men... You know, may not understand what romance is. But everybody needs to understand it. Even though women are more romantic than men. But even men, you've got to learn how to be romantic. Because that is the only way, you know, you can really enjoy lovemaking. So that you're not just, you know, it's not just let me sleep with my wife for the purpose of having children. No, that is not just the reason why God gave us, you know, ability to have sex. It's beyond that, you know. There are so many things that can kill romance in a home. Verbal expressions, if you are always talking down on each other, using bad words at each other, you know, lack of appreciation, your wife will do everything she can as a woman, you don't ever show appreciation. Husband will do everything he can for you, you don't ever show appreciation. That is not good. When there is scarcity of touches, you don't ever touch each other. When there is scarcity of kisses and hugs, no surprises. You know, you don't ever buy gifts for each other. There is no celebration. Nobody remembers to celebrate anything, you know, in the life of the other. There are no crazy times in the relationship, you know. When you just go out of your way to do the things that you don't normally do. Take each other out on a holiday. Go on a cruise. Go on a boat ride. You know, beautiful things like that. When there is lack of acceptance of each other. When you don't spend quality times together. These are the things that can kill romance in a home. But if you want to strengthen your romantic life, put your feelings for your husband or your wife into words. Put your feelings into words. Love that is not expressed is love denied. Have a habit of talking nicely to each other. Sharing your joys, your jokes, your achievements, your frustrations and your victories. Talk, talk. But learn to talk nicely to each other. Learn to admire, learn to lavish compliments on each other. You know? It is Bible culture, it's not Western culture. To, to, to lavish compliments on your spouse is Bible culture. It's not Western culture. I've taught you where it is in the Bible. So it is not Western culture at all. So it's so important that you do that. And then, um, um, okay, I gave you some scriptures. I, I gave you, um, I think I gave you Song of Solomon chapter 7. 1 to 7. You can also take down Song of Solomon chapter 4, verse 9 to 10, if you are taking down, you know, but maybe I can just read this one. You have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. You have ravished my heart. With one look of your eyes, women, you know, there's something about our eyes. With one look of your eyes, with one link of your necklace, how fair is your love, my sister, my spouse? How much better than wine is your love? 
and the scent of your perfume than all spices. Who said perfumes are not good? Perfumes are good. You know? You know, the scent of your perfumes and all spices. Your lips, oh my spouse, they drip as the honeycomb. Honey and milk are under your tongue. You see why your tongue must be born again. Your tongue must be born again. So that honey and milk can drip from under your tongue. And the fragrance of your garment is like the fragrance of Lebanon. Wow. Wow. So it's so important, women, learn to say sweet things to your husband. It's not a sin and it does not make you carnal at all. It rather makes you more spiritual. You need to touch, caress, hold, kiss, rub your partner tenderly as often as you can. You know, do that as often as you can. That is so important. Keep yourself physically attractive for each other. Watch your weight, dress well, smell good. Remain attractive, remain chessable, chessable for each other, you know, because every man wants an attractive, beautiful, and lovely wife who dresses to please him and who keeps herself in good shape so she can remain chessable, you know, because men are turned on by what they see. So your looks can either bring him close or chase him far away. Number two, understand the differences in the makeup of each other. Understand the differences. There's so much differences. In the makeup of each other, you know, the sexual needs of a man differ from the sexual needs of a woman. What triggers a wife on sexually is different from what triggers a husband on. So give your partner what he deserves. Find out, you know, what your wife needs that can set her on. Women are more romantic than men because maybe we are a bit more personal and more emotional. But it takes both husband and wife to enjoy romance in their home, you know. A woman is tuned on, not so much by what she sees, but by what she hears. What do you tell her? And by how she's touched, you know? Touch her the right way. Touch her in some sensitive places. And she gets triggered on. Yes. Tell her what she needs to hear, you know? Not, not for you to abuse her from morning to night. Tell her all the dirty words in your yes. mouth. And then in the night, you expect her to perform. She's not a robot, she's a human being. So her heart has got to be in good shape. Her mind will be in good shape before her waist will react to you in a good manner. You know, every woman enjoys not being used as a sex toy. We don't want you to use us as a sex toy. Men, you know, we want you to demonstrate that you really love us genuinely, not just that you need us for sex. Every woman enjoys being hot, not hot. We enjoy being pecked, not picked on. We enjoy being caressed, not harassed. We enjoy being kissed, not kicked around. We enjoy being cuddled, not cajoled. We enjoy being complimented, not criticized. Every woman enjoys being appreciated, not depreciated. We enjoy being embraced, not embarrassed. We enjoy being respected, not resented. We enjoy being admired, not ignored. We enjoy being drawn close and not dumped. Women enjoy being pampered, not tampered with mercilessly. Men, are you there? Are you hearing us? The woman is created by God. <laughs> she is created by God to thrive and blossom only in an atmosphere of love. Women love to be cherished, they love to be honored, they love to be celebrated, both publicly and privately. No woman is ever tired of hearing her 
husband express his love for her, both verbally and in practical terms. Our love tank is never full. Tell us, I love you, I love you 1,000 times. We want to hear it again and again and again and again. The more love we get from our husband, the more love we need from them. You know? So the more you express your love to her, the more her potentials will lose out, the more she wants to be the best for you. So men, loving your wife is the best investment you can make into your marriage. That is the best investment. That is the best investment you can make <laughs> in your marriage. Intimacy. You know, with her, with, her, with, with, with you, with, with her spouse, for us women, intimacy with you is so important to us that we don't want to trade it for any other thing. We, we really want to be intimate with our husbands. So for the man, I want to tell you people, men now, the man wants his wife to know, I'm talking to the women now, what some men, you know, what men have in mind concerning us. What will we do to make them happy? Every man wants his wife to know that she's the only approved, consecrated girlfriend that is responsible for meeting his sexual needs honorably and righteously. So he wants her to be enthusiastic in carrying out this assignment. Women, your husbands want you to be very romantic and active in bed. Don't just lie there like a log of wood. Don't give him a cold shoulder during lovemaking. You know, the romantic-minded husband wants his wife to be active. In fact, sometimes they feel better when you are more active than them. Because it helps them to enjoy him better. You know? So for husband and wife, you could, you could just put, you know, like a cool music. You know, to make the atmosphere romantic and conducive. And then, uh, you know, discuss, try to be open. Don't just keep your mouth shut, you know, during lovemaking as if, uh, you know, you are, you are in a prison where they say nobody should talk. You know, open your mouth and talk. <laughs> and share your sexual needs. <laughs> you know, share your sexual needs. And woman, your husband is excited when occasionally you are the one that initiates love making. I mean, every man is excited about that. Don't just keep denying him sex for flimsy excuses. There are women that are just gifted in denying their husband sex. In fact, they use it as a weapon. You know, before they give your husband sex, they'll say, well, if you want me to sleep with you today, you have to do this and this and that. See that thing I've been asking you to buy for me since you have not bought it. You have to promise me when you are going to buy it. Uh -uh. When did you become a, a prostitute? Is it not prostitutes? That used to say money for hand, back for ground. Why did you become a prostitute? Hey, woman of God. Why did you become a prostitute? Now you have to make all that list before you can sleep with your husband. That is not good. Every man needs a loving, caring, and trustworthy wife. A wife who will not only lavish her love on him in practical terms, but a wife that will load him with compliments, gifts, and appreciate. His effort to be a good husband. Instead of criticizing him, finding fault with him in everything he does, arguing with him over every little thing, talking back at him when he's angry. There is no man that likes it. So all you women who think that the home is a law court, your husband will speak one and you speak ten. May the Lord show you mercy and help you to know that the family is not a law court. 
You can win the whole argument in the world. If you lose the peace in your home, then you have lost out on everything. May the Lord give us wisdom. So the man wants his wife to admire him. Whatever little effort he makes, especially in lovemaking, because it's so easy for men to just enjoy themselves and go all the way. But when a man carries his wife along and makes sure that the wife comes on in the sexual experience and enjoys it, woman be grateful. At the end of the whole exercise, be able to say, honey, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. It encourages your man. You know, it goes a long way to make it more exciting. Every man wants his wife to be a close friend, to be his companion, his encourager, his helper, not a viper. His better half, not a bitter half. He wants the wife to be a solution, not a problem. Every man needs a wife that will be a pillar of support, not a thorn in his flesh. Every man wants a wife that will be an ego booster. Especially when he's going through rough times. You keep encouraging him. Go on, honey, you can make it. Go on, honey. You are loaded, you can make it. We can go through this thing together. Go on, honey. You know, he wants somebody that can enjoy marriage with him. Somebody he can just, you know, who can give him listening ear and who can give him attention so they can just have good times together. Another thing a man needs that is so important to him is a peaceful home. After he has voyaged all over in life, gone through all the hard work they do out there, he wants to come back home to a, an inviting, romantic, loving atmosphere. He doesn't want to come to a, a home where you will set on fire and the man is tiptoeing inside his house, you know, walking around you like somebody walking on eggshells. No, no man wants that. Every man wants to be a fulfilled man in his home. Even if he fails out there, but he's a king in his home. He's excited, you know. So, it's important that both of you see lovemaking as a genuine expression of love for each other. You know, don't see it as something that you even have to see how, you know, let me see what I can do to make sure my wife enjoys it better. Let me see what I can do to make sure my husband gets the best out of this experience. That is how it should be looked at. Let it be a genuine expression of love for your partner. Women, to add more life and excitement to your sex life, like I said before, you can from time to time initiate, you know, initiate sex and don't, don't hold your body from your husband. You can be the initiator. And then, one other thing we need to do to make our marriage, our sex life exciting is to watch our manner of approach. Especially for husbands. You know, have a better approach in demanding for sex. So that we will be encouraged, you know, to, to give it with joy and to enjoy it with you. Don't rape, you know, your wife. Do you know it is disheartening that there are still some men who have been married to their wives for years, but they still rape their wives. They just come and call on the woman as if, as if she's a dog. My friend like that. You know, my friend Tom. Madame Lyweh. And then, you know, before you could listen to say Jack Robinson, they're already, you know, on you. Like a rider riding on top of a horse. Before you know it, they've already reached the promised land. And before you could say Jack Robinson, they turn the other way and they're slurring. And the woman is asking, has it started? Have we started the thing? 
And for the man, the thing has already ended. He's already snoring. No, that can put a woman off any day. Don't do that. That is not the right way to do it. Please, take her along. And then be very careful what things you tell a woman the whole day. You know, talk nicely to your wife. You know, like I said, if your marriage is alive and romantic, you don't need to whine a woman like gramophone in bed before she can respond to you. You know, there's something we used to have many years ago, they call it gramophone. Before you can use it, before you can begin to talk, you have to whine it and whine it and whine it and whine it. You don't need to whine your wife like that, like a gramophone, before she can begin to respond. If you do what you're supposed to do, you know, in terms of keeping your home romantic, treating her nicely, talking to her nicely, celebrating important days, you know, that are important to her, buying her gifts from time to time, expressing your love to her in practical terms. She will just flow. Just a little touch, and she's already in your arms. That's how it's done. Actually, it's not supposed to be something that you have to write official application to each other before it is done. If you love each other, by the time you finish your prayers and find yourself in each other's arms, you don't even know nobody starts it. Nobody, nobody writes application. Before you know it, you know, you get into the, the, your caresses and all that and all that. Before you know it, you go together to the Holy Land. And without anybody requesting for visa, the visa is always available. So that's how. That's how it's done. That's how it's done. <laughs> all right. So who demands... Who demands for sex? Like I said before, either the couple, either of the couple is free to demand for sex. It's not the sole right of the husband. The wife has the right to be the initiator occasionally. You know, the husband can also, you know, ask for it or initiate it occasionally. Like we have read before in the scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3 to 7, we are not supposed to defraud one another. In a home where the romance is healthy then it is not a difficult thing to um you know get into the sexual experience without making much ado about applying for it it just flows what is the duration what is the frequency of the sexual experience well in terms of the length how long should it last well there is no hard and fast rule regarding how long each sexual experience should last it varies from couple to couple and it varies from time to time with the same couple, depending on their mood, depending on some other factors around them. But it's up to you. If you are strong enough that you can go on for 30 minutes and one hour, it's up to you. You have certificates to do it. So it's up to you. And then in terms of frequency, if couples want to repeat the experience, you know, more than once in a day, fine. You have a certificate to do so. If you are able to do so, there is no sin about it. You are the one that will be tired. You know? So you can go for as many times as you can. <laughs> you know? But we just want to plead with couples not to just keep away, you know, a situation where you don't even ask each other, how are you? For three months, for six months, that is not very good. You know? But um, um, just do what is convenient. Uh, do what is convenient for you. Okay. Um... We, we may not get it in the, in the book, Killing the Marriage Killers, where I'm speaking from. You have it. We took time to you know, mention the various positions uh, for lovemaking. I'll just mention them because I want to go to the last point so we can pray. Uh, you have the man on top. You have the woman on top. You have both on their sides. 
you have back to side, you have um, uh, husband seated, the wife and husband kneeling on the bed, wife standing, backing the husband and bending forward, and whatever other styles that you can generate for yourself. But sincerely, I'm not an advocate for anal sex, neither am I, am I an advocate for oral sex. I didn't see any of those two in the Bible anywhere. So, but there are so many other styles that you can generate for yourself, you know. And then um, it's so important that, you know, you just enjoy yourself to a point where you can experience orgasm. There's something called orgasm in sexual relationship. Is that climax of emotional excitement, you know, that is followed by a gradual decline in sexual stimulation, producing a warm sense of gratification and satisfaction in the sexual experience. It's called orgasm. You know, when you get to the real climax of that emotional experience and then you start coming down the plateau, you know? There are so many men and women that don't experience orgasm, even though they've been married for years. And there are some reasons why they don't experience orgasm. One of them is lack of knowledge, then guilt, self-pity, nervousness, inactivity, sufficient time, bitterness and revenge, tiredness, sickness, you know, uh, over fatness, Sexual surrender versus strong will character, mental attitude, and so many things like that. Dirtiness is all part of it. Sometimes fear, you know, sometimes general body weakness is there. Sometimes anger, bitterness, resentment, all of it, depression, masturbation, weak vagina, complaining and murmuring, controlling, domineering, manipulative attitude, all of these, you know. Premature ejaculation, retarded ejaculation, inactive wife, all of this can make it difficult to experience orgasm. So now we are on the final point before we pray. What are the different phases of love making as a fellowship? Now, love making, love making is actually a fellowship can be done as a fellowship between husband and wife. In the book, Killing the Marriage Killers, one whole chapter is devoted to the fellowship of lovemaking. So I want to recommend that couples make their lovemaking a fellowship indeed. And I want to explain to you what I mean by that. Because it's supposed to be the most intimate, you know, fellowship that the husband and wife enjoy, which cannot be shared with anyone else. It's supposed to be, you know, just like normal fellowship is done in church. That is how the fellowship of the bedroom is supposed to be. And um, I want to mention to you the different aspects of that fellowship before we begin to play, uh, pray. The first aspect of that fellowship is called the foreplay. This foreplay, according to Igbo people, you know, they call it foreplay. The play play that takes place before the main thing starts is very important and it's inevitable for successful love making you know and it's not just something you use during the honeymoon it's something that is necessary all through your marriage a romantic husband needs foreplay to help him to retard his ejaculation you know and also to help him to get his wife ready for intercourse you know so foreplay is so so important and there are no rules as for how long foreplay can last, it also varies with each couple's needs, depending on their temperament at any point in time and perhaps other factors. So, but don't be in a hurry. 
For somebody who is a new bride, maybe you're a virgin, you've never had a sexual experience before, it might take a little time, you know, to bring you on. You know, your husband would need to do a lot to help you, you know, to uh, be tuned to where eventually the real sexual act can take place. So the foreplay is that time of, uh, you know, the, the talking, the things you share with each other, you know, that can excite one to be excited about lovemaking, the sucking of the breast, the caressing, you know, the tender touches here and there. The Bible actually explains it to us in Song of Solomon 2 verse 6. You know, he said, let his left hand be under my head and his right hand embrace me. Let his left hand be under my head and his right hand embrace me. In another translation, he says, let his right hand fondle or stimulate or caress me. And then Proverbs chapter 5 verse 18, he says, let your fountain be blessed. Rejoice with the wife of your youth. Let her be as a loving hand and pleasant doe. Let her breast satisfy you at all times and be the ravished always with her love. So, there are so many things you can do during the foreplay. Talk nicely to each other. Caress, you know, uh, do your, you know, touch the breast and touch all, you know, the areas that are sensitive in her body. You know, the finger is usually very useful in the foreplay because that's how you check out when she's ready. God prepared a woman's body in a way that she's ready, you know, that when she's ready, the, the vaginal area becomes moist. That way it's easy to welcome the man of God at the right time, you know, without, without her, uh, him forcing his way, you know, like somebody who didn't get the visa. So it's so important that you do the necessary things to get that area ready. That is the time in fellowship we call you know, the opening prayer and the praise and worship, all of that is what you do to prepare the atmosphere before the speaker is called up to come and speak. So, number two. Number two in the different phase of lovemaking as a fellowship is the real act, which is the climax of the whole thing. You know, this is the time when the couple have had enough time enjoying themselves with the foreplay to their satisfaction. Then, they are ready, you know, the wife is ready to welcome the man of God, you know, to carry out his, uh, his, uh, his assignment with serious anointing. At that time, when you are ready for the man of God, you know, you could even help and, you know, carry the man of God with dignity. It doesn't bite. You can touch it. It doesn't bite. It's not a snake. So, you can guide the man of God, you know, <laughs> guide him. Guide him gently. <laughs> Guide him gently and take him to the Holy Land. Eh? And then, as he's doing his work, his assignment, both of you are busting in tongues. Because at that level, you know, he will do his assignment with so much anointing. Because he has already done his work. And he prepared the woman of God for the assignment. So that is the real act. That's what they call the real act. When the man of God is welcomed, you know, into the bedroom of the woman of God. Uh, there's something you need to do, you know, as a way of, you know, warming up the sex muscles. When a woman is, is, is weaned, when you are urinating, you can be holding back the urine from time to time. It has a way of flexing the sex muscles. 
The same thing with the man. You know, that way you don't ejaculate very quickly. Because when a man ejaculates very quickly, then he frustrates the wife. If he has not been able to take the wife anywhere yet, and he just ejaculates like that, she could be very frustrated. So, at that level, when the man of God is in oppression, with high anointing, you can present your request before the Lord. You can blast in tongues. Whatever you ask the Lord to do for you at that time, you can be sure that it's already answered. Because there is a heavy anointing that connects the man and woman at that point. After you have done that, the third and the final level is called the afterglow. This is compared to sharing the grace in fellowship. You know, that is another very major phase. When you have finished the main assignment, don't just fall off. Fall, you know, and begin to, uh, uh, um, uh, begin to, uh, um, you know, snore. Of course, you must have done all the announcements and the, the special numbers and the testimonies. They are all part of what, what came before the man of God came, you know. So, after the man of God has finished the assignment, in the afterglow, there can be offering time, you know. You can give offering. You know, there can be some beautiful things that can be exchanged. Some beautiful promises that can be made. You know, still just be in each other's embrace. And then, before you can even choose to sleep in each other's embrace. It is at this time that you share the grace in fellowship, you know. And then you can have your closing prayer. And make sure that it is done, done very well. You know, don't sleep and then while your wife is still awake, make sure you carry your wife along and then you sleep together. Well, then the final thing I want to say is that it is so important to fight for your marriage. Having a good and a sweet marriage is a fight. It's a fight. It's part of the spiritual warfare you must do. You know, so many families are not having it easy, especially in this season. You know, the enemy is harassing so many homes. But you can tell the devil, not, not at my watch, not my home. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14, he said, I looked and I rose up and said to the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be not afraid of them. Remember the law which is great and terrible. Fight, fight for your brethren, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wives and fight for your homes. You can fight for your home. Having a good home is a fight. Fight for your home. Don't give the devil the chance to mess your home up. Yes, he may be manipulating other homes. He may have chosen to use other homes as his battlefield. Minus your home. You can tell the devil, don't wait. Minus my home, not at my watch. You cannot come near my family. No, you cannot touch my husband. You cannot touch my wife. You cannot touch my children. Minus my home. The Bible says he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God has given us the power. He said in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10, I've given you the mandate to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down the works of the devil. We are going to pray right now. Everywhere that the enemy is doing havoc, causing havoc in your home, whichever way you're seeing his fingerprint, in your family, this is your time. This is your time. Confront, throw down, scatter, destroy the wicked works of the enemy. Begin to pray wherever you are. But if there is anything you know you have not done well, it's also very important that you bring repentance before God, even before you begin to confront. 
and begin to demolish the enemy. Bring repentance and say, God, show me mercy. From all that I have had today, there are many things I have not done well. There are so many areas I have failed in my home as a husband, as a wife, as a mother, as a father. I have failed. God, show me mercy. Father, show me mercy. Forgive me for everything I have not done well, Lord. Forgive me. Show me your mercy. Show me your mercy. Show me your mercy. Lord, I'm ready to turn around and you leave. The Bible says, it is, we cannot say we have no sin. We deceive ourselves. But when we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He said, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper. But he that confesses and forsakes his sin shall obtain mercy. Ask the Lord to show you mercy. David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Ask the Lord to show you mercy. He said, I will cleanse you from all your iniquity. I will cleanse you. I will wash you clean from all your iniquity. Father, wash me clean. Everywhere I have failed. Whichever we have not done well in my home. Whichever we have failed you. As a wife, as a husband. As a mother, as a father. Show me mercy. Forgive me, oh God. Let the blood of Jesus wash me from every unrighteousness. Show me your mercy, oh God. Show me your mercy, oh God. I'm ready to turn over a new leaf. I'm ready to start afresh. I'm ready to start afresh. Lord God in heaven, I'm ready to cut off from that strange woman. Lord, that strange woman, you have been sleeping with that your wife is not even aware of. Today is a day of decision. Yes, today is a day of decision. You must make up your mind. Enough is enough of being a global distributor. The Bible says, shall your fountain be dispersed abroad? Must you become a global distributor? Save it for only your wife. Drink only from your own system. Drink running well only from your own well. Yes, because, because for the sake of a harlot, a man is reduced to a loaf of bread. You shall not become a loaf of bread because of a harlot. You shall not become a loaf of bread. Samson lost his anointing on the laps of Delilah. You shall not lose your destiny on the lap of any Delilah. In the name of Jesus, ask God for mercy. Ask God for mercy. God, show me mercy. Deliver me, oh God, from that strange woman, from that strange man. Deliver me from every spell of the enemy against my home. Deliver me from every spell of darkness against my marriage. Wherever the enemy is managing any attack against my home. Father, in the name of Jesus, deliver me. The Bible says, read me. Read me of strange children. Pull me out of, of many waters. Deliver me from many waters. Read me of strange children. Father, we speak your deliverance. We speak your deliverance upon everyone that is listening to me all over the world. Men and women that have been held captive by the enemy. Today, receive your deliverance. Receive your deliverance. Receive your deliverance. I break the yoke of the enemy over your life. The Bible says in that day, Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27, in that day which is today, his yoke shall be broken from off your neck. His body shall be taken from off your shoulder. And the body will be broken because of the anointing. In the name of Jesus, by the anointing of the Most High, upon your life, I break every yoke of the enemy. Every yoke of the enemy. I throw away his body from off your shoulder. Yes, Lord, disappoint the expectations of the wicked. 
Father God, as they scatter and with their wicked conspiracies against your children, we scatter, we scatter, we scatter them. So many ways we scatter them. In the name of Jesus, ancient of days, arise. Arise, Jehovah. Arise, man of war. Arise, Lord Jesus. Makaposha kalabakoriba. Hendelelebo surakia mama seketea. Maroboshi katara bakori masekete. Repa kalabra koto bobo bobo shindalaba. Masokoroboshekelebo sotoliba. Hendalaba baba baba kalabalekuta. Hendalaboshi kalabra kote mosa. Heri maleboshi katalabosodo. Arise, man of war. Arise, ancient of days. Arise, Jehovah. Arise, O oh God. Fight for our homes. Begin to fight. Wherever it is, wherever it is, the attack of the wicked, wherever it's coming from, against your children, against your husband, whatever is that managing the destiny of your children, that they will not prosper. It is not their portion. It is not their portion. Begin to confront whatever is confronting your husband, whatever is confronting your wife, whatever is confronting your children. Confront it, confront it, confront it, confront it. Bakasha kalaboto bosa. Hendeleleboshi kalabakoseya. Hindelebrokoshi handolobol. Makatalabababakoteleboria. Hirabababakoshi akatalabakunde. Hereboshi akalababande. Kia bokota. Maroboria bababandelebosota. Makaribababakoshi akana. Hendelebosokorimaba. Ikalabrakorimaba. The Bible says he has made you a fortified city. He has made you an iron pillar. He has made you a bronze wall against the whole land, against the kings of. Judah against his princes, against his priests, against the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. Wherever they are fighting against your home, they will not prevail. 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 We bring the assignment to an end in the name of Jesus. I want us to pray and prophesy over our children. The Bible says in Isaiah 61 verse 9 that our seed shall be known among the nations. Those who see our children, they will acknowledge them as the seed that God has blessed. Psalm 127 verse 4, he said our children shall be like polished arrows in the hand of a warrior. So our children of once youth, our children are polished arrows, polished arrows. The Bible says in Isaiah 8 18, they are for signs and wonders in the land. They are for signs and wonders in the land. Psalm 128 verse 3. It said they shall be like holy plants round about our table. Holy plants round about our table. Psalm 112 verse 2. It said our seed shall be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. He said in Isaiah 65 verse 23. We shall not labor in vain. Neither shall we bring for children for trouble. No, because our children shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord. I want you to prophesy over your children. Call them one by one. Lord, I bring before you my children. Michael, Michelle, and David. Lord, I bring also my spiritual children all over the world, wherever they are. Lord, I prophesy the word of God over their life. Lord, that they are for signs and wonders. They are for signs and wonders. They are for signs and wonders. They are the seed that the Lord has blessed. They shall be known among the nations. Those who see them shall acknowledge them as the seed that you have blessed. Lord.
Lord, you said our children shall be taught by you. Grace shall be their peace. Lord God Almighty, you said our children are polished arrows. Polished arrows in the quiver of a mighty man. Blessed is that man that has his quiver full of them. You said our children shall be like holy plants round about our table. Ancient of days, Father God Almighty, we bless our children. You said our children shall be taught by the Lord. Grace shall be their peace. Teach our children all that pertain to life and godliness. You say we shall not bring forth to trouble. We shall not bring forth children for trouble. We are not bringing forth children for sorrow. No! Our children shall be known in the land. Our children shall be a blessing. Yes, our children shall be a blessing. We prophesy over their life wherever they are. We prophesy over their life wherever they are. Ancient of days, let them be a blessing. 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 Bless our children, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Every weapon of destruction targeted against their destiny. We destroy you by fire. Every seed of failure planted in the life of our children. To destroy and to disgrace their future. Your assignment is over. Let the fire of the Lord consume you in the name of Jesus. Every cause, every unbroken covenant in their roots. Walking against their destiny. Today, in the name of Jesus, we destroy you. Every door shut by the enemy against our children that they will not make progress. In the mighty name of Jesus, we push you down. You wicked door, we push you down. And we open a great and uh, you know, good door unto our children to excel. The Bible says that the spirit of excellence is upon them. We release on them the seven spirit of God. According to Isaiah 11, 2. We release it on our children. Young, we release on them the spirit that rested in Daniel. Even the spirit of excellence. Thank you, blessed Holy Spirit. We give you praise and give you glory. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says, finally, in Isaiah 44, verse 3. He said, I will pour water on him that is thirsty. I will release my floor on the dry ground. I will bless your children. And I will bless your, your seed. You know, let the Lord release. Let him release fresh fire upon our homes. Let him release his glory afresh upon our homes. Wherever there has been trouble, wherever there has been chaos, from today we are receiving a new fire, a new fire, a new glory upon our home. Prophesy. Even if your home is like what happened in Ezekiel 37, the valley of dry bones, where there was no more life, no more relationship between you and your husband. No love between you and your husband. What God did in the valley of dry bones, he can do it again in your marriage even today. He went from dead dry bones and became a mighty strong army. Oh God, even if your marriage is already in the grave, buried in the grave, hopeless, the Lord said, speak to Israel. I can open their graves. I can open their graves. I can bring out their marriages from the grave. And I'll put life in their marriages. And I'll cause them to live again.
fresh love, fresh romance. Re pakura mate, marabo shikatalabaha, re malebo toda. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. The Lord spoke to us, February 2010, that this year, this decade, 2011 to 2020, that heaven has the amount it as the decade of women. That in this decade, whatever has limited women over the years, whatever has kept us in the backside of the desert, the Lord said, I'm tearing down those limitations. I'm pulling the woman from the backside of the desert. I'm bringing her to the front line. I will cause the Deborahs to arise in this season. I'll partner with the barracks so that kingdom work can be finished faster and better. He said, tell my daughters, there is an uncommon open heavens over women in this decade. We still have a few more months before this decade is over. There's an uncommon open heavens over women in this season. There's an uncommon apostolic oil, apostolic mantle that has been dropped from heaven upon us as women to enable us to do exploits for God in this season. He said what women have never been able to do over the years have released anointing upon my daughters to do even in this decade. Because there is no male, female, male Holy Ghost. There is no female Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is available to whosoever is available to him. He uses everyone alike, male or female. Therefore, every woman that is there had the sound of my voice. All that it takes to fulfill destiny in this season. I activate it from the inside of you. I want every woman out there, put your hand in your stomach and begin to stir up the potentials that are lying dormant on the inside of you. There is so much potential that is there, but it's been locked down over the years because people have told you you cannot do anything, you're a woman. People have told you God may not hear you because you're a woman. People have talked down on you and made you even lose confidence in yourself. Today, I am working the potentials on the inside of you. I stay up your waters. I stay up your waters. Out of your well, out of your belly, shall spring rivers of living water. Every dead or dying potential inside of you, come alive, 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 come alive. Finally, we want to pray for ourselves to ask the Lord to set us on fire afresh. Yes, because this is the decade that God promised that revival fire was going to break out. Yes, according to that prophecy that was given in 1913, this revival fire, the great awakening, was supposed to have landed, busted out in 2013. We are already seven years behind divine clock. And we are still crying out for revival. And I believe that part of what is happening, because of the kind of prayer momentum that is being gingered from around the world going up to the heavenlies, I believe that that revival is about to break out. You are a revival carrier. You are one of the carriers of that revival. You will ask the Lord, begin with me. Set me on fire. Set me on fire. Set me on fire. Because this is not revival. I cannot be left out. I want you to begin to pray for yourself. Father, set me on fire. Set me on fire. Set me on fire. Set me on fire. In this season of revival, I shall not be left out. God, set me on fire. Revival fire. 
Oshia hande kinaba. Marebo sekele bobobria. Raba baba baba. Put fire in my mouth. Put fire in my hands. Fire on my feet. Everywhere I go, let me be a fire distributor. Let me drop fire from my mouth. Fire in my hands. Fire on my feet. Fire. Fire. Everywhere I go, cause me to release fire. That the church will be set on fire again. Yes, that's what we need. To bring the church back to her feet. We need the fire of God. We need the fire of God. We need the fire of God. To bring the church back to her feet. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, we bless you. Oh, God, we give you praise. Lord, I appreciate you, oh God. For all the daughters, all the sons, everyone, oh God. That make up this war room. Lord, everyone, oh God, that has been part of this great assignment. Lord, I pray for everyone, wherever they are, in different parts of the world. I pray for them, oh God. Father, that you give them a sign. Lord, today, give them a sign that is not common. Let it be clear to them that there is a visitation upon their lives. You told me you were going to visit men and women. You told me you will heal marriages. You told me you will heal marriage beds. You told me, oh God, you will drop keys into the hands of your daughters and your sons for happy marriages. Lord, everything you promised to do and more, do it and take the glory in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your daughter, Dr. Ketchi. Lord, we soak her in the blood of Jesus. The enemy will not see her. The powers of darkness will not locate her. They will not locate her home. Lord God in heaven, that this willing horse has laid down her back and said, Jesus, ride on me. Ride on me into life. Ride on me into nation. Ancient of days, we clot her with your fire. We clot her with your fire. We clot her with your blood. Clot her, oh God. Take care of her, my father. Shield her, oh God. From every arrow that fly by day and by night. Shield her in the name of Jesus. I pray for this altar, Lord. That it will continue to burn with your holy fire. It will continue to burn with your holy fire. It will continue to burn with your holy fire. Thank you, ancient of days. Blessed be your holy name, O God, our Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah.